Hello and welcome to the Pixel Swim Podcast, episode 46. I am Steve Heinrich, the host, and this is the podcast where I take a dive into my personal journey through design and technology and where they meet, plus other tidbits I find interesting. This episode is being recorded and published or released on Thursday, December 6th, 2018. Visit pixelswim.com for all the show notes and social links. If you want to follow along in any sort of way or leave feedback, it's always appreciated at pixelswim.com. It's the quickest and most comprehensive list of all of the ways to contact me. So, yeah, feel free to jump over there if you want to, or the show notes should also be in your podcast app if the podcast app is worth its weight in gold or whatever you want to say. If if the podcast app is any good, it should have some show notes in there and there'll be links galore this week uh so yeah i'm gonna be putting a lot of stuff in the show notes this week but i'll get to that in a minute but let's start off like i usually do with my weekly notes feedback and links so just wanted to say happy december everybody this is my first episode in december and yeah i was everybody ready for the holidays (laughs) so they're coming up today's the sixth so Got 19 days before Christmas and all the other holidays around this time of year. So I'm looking forward to to it. This year should be a little easier for my wife and I. So we're looking forward to the holidays. And plus, it's, you know, it's just (laughs) it's nice to have a little time off. So anyway, so just some to go over some feedback that was left. I want to thank Rob Vanderkamp for reaching out with his feedback and just with some constructive criticism. I always appreciate it. And I say it on, I've said it on a few episodes that I don't care what your feedback is, you know, positive, negative, you know, constructive criticism. It's all of it's welcome. You know, I may not, may not always feel the best to have to, you know, read everything, but I, I always take everything into consideration. I appreciate Rob reaching out uh, with some feedback. So thank you, Rob, for that. Hopefully we can tighten things up this week a little bit and that I won't ramble as much as I usually do. And hopefully I can stay on track a little bit better. But anyway, so I just want to thank Kyle Helms as well. I had conversations with him and actually thanking him for these next two links that I'm going to share. He shared both of them with me. And the first one is called Redesigning the Office App Icons to Embrace a New World of Work. So this is a link to a Medium article that's uh, actually by the official Microsoft Design blog or whatever you want to call it (laughs) on Medium. And yeah, essentially goes over the fact that Microsoft is redesigning all of their icons for the Office suite. And it seems like this is all going to expand out into... And the rest of Microsoft's products as well. So I, I really like the the redesign, the, the look of them. It looks really nice. Uh, the, the icons, if you want to jump over in the link and check out that article. And they also have a nice breakdown or a timeline of kind of how the word icon has changed over time. So it's been a little while since they've had a redesign. And, you know, honestly, I'm, it's always welcome. I don't think they have done such a bad <laughs> job with the previous redesign, you know, the redesign, the most recent one. But this one seems really nice. Yeah, they're doing a, a fine job in my my expert opinion. <laughs> Actually, they, I think they're probably more experts than I am over there at Microsoft Design. So either way, as a designer, I can appreciate and and think that they're doing a they did a great job with with these icons. Uh, there is the one thing about there's not as much contrast in them. As perhaps in the past, there's a they kind of use a color shift or, you know, like a monochrome palette to create these new icons. Either way, it's easier to to kind of go over to that article and check them out to kind of see what they've done. So thanks, Kyle, for that first link. And the second link, also Microsoft related. <laughs> uh, this is not a Microsoft podcast, by the way. I've just been talking a lot about them lately uh, because of my my move over to them. But this other one. Which actually, it's a Microsoft, but it's also about Chromium. Uh, this is a link to the official Windows blog. And it talks about, uh, the title of it is Microsoft Edge, making the web better through more open source collaboration. And so this is kind of Microsoft's official stance or release on the fact that they're going to start using Chromium, the open source project Chromium, to be kind of the bones of Microsoft Edge, which is a very welcome change, honestly. I thought, I've thought i always thought that 
Internet Explorer and Edge and and all that stuff was kind of very clunky and that, you know, keeping up with web standards and all that stuff will be a lot easier with Chromium as the backbone of Edge. And so it seems like they're going to keep the name Edge, Microsoft Edge for their browser. So hopefully it'll just vastly improve as far as getting quicker updates and and stuff like that. I'm looking very much looking forward to what they do with that. Uh, especially on Windows and, and stuff like that. But check out the link in the show notes. And thank you again, Kyle, for sharing these two things with me. And hopefully everybody can enjoy <laughs> reading those. So I'm not going to go through them too much. Just wanted to give a little bit of thoughts on them. But anyway, thanks again, everybody, for your feedback. Again, you can go to pixelswim.com if you want to get in contact about anything. Always appreciated. Okay, so those are all the links and notes and feedback for this week. And so I'm going to go into my main topic. So I was trying to figure out something to kind of go over. And I kind of wanted to do go over something, you know, my in my tech technology history. And so what I decided to do and what I kind of took a, a little bit of time, and this is actually going to be broken up, I think, into two episodes, because I'm pretty sure I'm going to go on for a while on some of this stuff and please bear with me. But either way, the topic I'm going to cover today is my history with video games. So this is not uh, I've never considered myself a gamer per se. And also, I'm not really very good at video games. So that's a disclaimer. I just wanted to put a disclaimer out there that I'm not necessarily like I'm not I don't consider myself a gamer and I'm not necessarily very good at video games. So I I, I've never saw myself in that category. You know, I'm very I I appreciate video games very much so though. I can understand the people that are into them. They are very some of them, especially these days, although I haven't had a ton of experience with some of the bigger titles, you know, on the bigger platforms these days. But I can appreciate the some of them that some of them are kind of like works of art. So and the storylines and all that stuff, they can be very engulfing. And I, I totally get that. And I'm not like an, an anti gamer or anti people, you know, spending lots of time playing video games kind of a thing. So I think it's not the worst way that you could be spending your time. Uh, I think it can be kind of a misconception that that video games are rotting your mind. But really, they're not a whole lot different than, you know, watching a movie or something like that. You know, it's just far more interactive and, and all that stuff. But anyway, I just wanted to put it out there. I'm not really very good at video games. And the as I go over my history with them, and I really racked my brain, uh, I could I can't say that this is all in order of, <laughs> you know, from when I was a kid all the way up until now. I can't guarantee that I've got the the right chronological order on all of this. And it, this is as comprehensive as I could get. It's not a complete list, but I did my best to try and remember everything <laughs> about my video game history. And so to do this, I thought it would be a little bit easier to break it up into three categories. And I'm going to talk about the first category today. And those three categories are uh, number one is my experience with consoles and handhelds. So think, you know, Nintendo NES and like a PSP, you know, or a Game Boy kind of a thing. Uh, those are all the, the consoles and handhelds. And then the second part is going to be PC gaming, and the last part will be mobile phone gaming. So essentially, those three parts are the parts I'm going to go over. And today, I think I'm only going to be able to touch on consoles and handhelds because I, as I was building the list, I was, you know, as much as I say I'm not a gamer, it's I've had an extensive history with playing video games, uh, not as much recently, you know, not in the recent years, probably the last decade, I haven't done a lot of video game playing. But I, when I was racking my brain, I, I was remembering a lot. And so it, it may come off like I'm a gamer. But I think mostly, obviously, as most people play video games for the enjoyment of them, and that's kind of what I did. And if the game was ridiculously hard, usually I didn't stick with it too long it was you know it was a a casual thing to try and escape you know it was just nice to to escape into those those games you know for as a, a way to to get away for a little bit as much as you would a you know a book or a movie or anything like that so 
anyway, so let's dive in <laughs> to the first part, which, it, which, like I said, is consoles and handhelds. So uh, this is probably the longest part of my of my gaming list. So I I reach back and I like I said, I tried to get the chronology as much as I could on this. But let's start with the my very first experience, which was the the original Nintendo, the the NES, the Nintendo Entertainment System. So this is probably one of the more extensive times that I've spent with uh, a gaming console when I was a kid. I'm, I'm, I can't get, really guess what age this was at. But, and just a note too, is that I do remember the Atari system. I remember seeing or and touching some sort of Atari system at some point in my childhood. So that, you know, just to harken back even further, but I can't really, really talk about that one too much. But anyway, we're going to start with the Nintendo, the original NES. So that's kind of where my video gaming started. And I'm just kind of realizing now that I probably should talk a little bit about arcade games, but maybe I'll save that for the second part as well. So there might be a whole nother section to go over because I do remember playing some arcade games. But anyway, so some of the things that I remember about the Nintendo before I get into necessarily the games that I used to play, because that's kind of the biggest portion of this I wanted to kind of go over is the games that I enjoyed playing on these. So uh, I remember renting a lot of games for the Nintendo, the the NES. So I, I, that was one of a big experience was there was a grocery store. I think that we used to be able to get games, uh, rent games there as well. So that was kind of a, you know, an experience getting those gray cartridges and renting them to play. But, and also one of the biggest things about that I remember about the, Nintendo NES and this may be, you know, kind of the beginnings of my my tech troubleshooting <laughs> is if you've ever played the Nintendo, uh, used the Nintendo, you know that sometimes the connections weren't always the best with the game and, and inside the console. And so you had to blow on the cartridge, <laughs> blow on the uh, the chip or the board or whatever it was in the cartridge. And in I used to blow in the the system itself. And so just to kind of clear up any crud or anything that was that was breaking up the connection. So, you know, fond memories of trying to get a game to work, putting it in, taking it out, jamming it in, hitting it, that kind of thing. <laughs> so anyway, uh, but I some of the biggest memories I have with the Nintendo NES as far as the games are concerned are, of course, Mario. I mean, that's that's the biggest Nintendo game ever. I mean, Mario is still a thing. So uh, I do remember playing Mario 1, 2, and I believe 3. But I, I remember the first game was not that difficult to conquer. <laughs> but they were always a lot of fun. And so, and just for your reference, just so you know that in the show notes, when I talked about them being comprehensive earlier, is I'm going to put as many links to these games or, you know, people playing these, streaming these games on YouTube kind of a thing. Uh, so definitely check out the show notes as I go through the games that I'm talking about because I did my best to compile kind of a good... Each link is something to give you a better idea of what the game was, if in case you haven't heard of it. Although Mario, if you haven't heard of it, there's a link and uh, you might want to might want to <laughs> brush up on your video game history because Mario is the most popular. But I remember playing that uh, quite a bit. I also remember we had the Nintendo Gun. I think that's what it was called. <laughs> I'm sure there's actually a, a more specific name for it, but we had uh, Duck Hunt. If you've ever played Duck Hunt, it you essentially plug in the gun into one of the controller ports on the Nintendo, and you can sh you could shoot it at your TV and actually shoot the ducks that were flying. So uh, I won't go over too much about what the games were about, but that Nintendo gun was kind of interesting. I remember uh, as far as accessories, the other accessory we did have at one point down the line was the power pad. And so essentially this was a kind of a plastic pad with, you know, technology inside of it, button sensors, whatever you want to call them. And you could stand on it or sit on it and press the buttons that way. Uh, kind of a life like a twister in the game, the board game twister. So we had an Olympic game, I remember. And one of the you could run really fast. It would you know it was like a sprint or something like that, or the hurdles, 
or the long jump or something like that. But you would literally have to tap back and forth with your feet like A, B, A, B, A, B, A, B, you know, to get it re- to go really fast. Uh, so you'd basically be standing there like a crazy person <laughs> making the person on the screen run really fast. But I remember the power pad being very fun. Uh, and another game that I remember from Nintendo was Top Gun. And I remember renting this from the we didn't we didn't own this one. We rented it. And, and when I say we, I mean my brother and my stepbrothers when I was a kid uh, hanging out playing video games. But either way and playing video games, usually in the wintertime, you know, when you can't always be outside the whole day. But either way, uh, Top Gun. Yeah, it was very difficult game. <laughs> so there was a lot of fighter jet action, you know, kind of based off of the Top Gun movie. But I remember that it was extremely difficult to land the plane on an aircraft aircraft carrier, which was kind of one of the biggest challenges of the whole game. So it was easier to have warfare in the air with your jet than it was to land the plane back on to the aircraft carrier. But I, I remember that being very difficult thing to do. Another game that I remember playing as well that I think we actually own this one was Castlevania. And this is, I believe they've done different versions of this game over the years. It's the only one I've ever played. But it you know, it was kind of a, I believe, a vampire-based scroller game where you scroll through the levels and, and fight off things and, and, and stuff like that. But in that same kind of vein, I remember playing a game called Kung Fu on Nintendo. And <laughs> one of the, it was essentially, you know, like a, you were a karate master and it was another scroller game like Mario where you could essentially it was like walking down a hallway and <laughs> beating up things and little snakes coming at you and and things like that and and i remember the the sweep kick i don't know if it was called a sweep kick but essentially where you slide your leg on the ground and and kick the the opponent was kind of my big move in that game <laughs> so jumping over the snakes and sweep kicking all the bad guys i think was my was my uh signature on that one but anyway and I also remember playing a game called Days of Thunder, I believe it was, another game based off of a movie uh, with actually Top Gun and Days of Thunder, I believe, were both Tom Cruise movies uh, from the 80s. So, yeah, I guess that was a trend <laughs> for my Nintendo gameplay. But either way, I remember playing Days of Thunder. It was like a, you know, like a NASCAR stock car racing game. And I don't remember enjoying that one very much. It's kind of lame. But either way, I think we rented that one as well. And so, yeah, I remember really loving playing Nintendo. And it's one of those systems that we I came across, you know, throughout my throughout my life. Some people held on to their Nintendos. And I remember with a, playing with a friend after, I think, when I was <laughs> even while I was still married, you know, early on in my marriage. So not even that long ago, there was a I had a friend, he had a Nintendo and he had a baseball game. I think it was literally just called baseball for Nintendo. And we used to play against each other in that game. And so, you know, there's some weird screwy pitches you could throw to really trick people. And it was fun. You know, honestly, the gameplay on Nintendo is very fun, Uh, not super complicated, which is kind of a trend for me as far as how long I'll stick with something is how complicated it is. So I really enjoyed playing Nintendo, having Nintendo when I was a kid. So I'm very lucky and privileged to be able to have as many different consoles as I'm going to talk about today. So I definitely acknowledge the fact that not everybody was able to, you know, have these these things, but I was very lucky to to have them. So anyway, that was my experience with Nintendo still uh, holds a good place in my heart. You can't beat a Nintendo for just fun gameplay. Just a great, great little system. Being able to to plug in those games and spend hours <laughs> playing them, you know. Uh, even though I feel like down the line, Mario really felt like, the first one anyway, felt like it was like, ah, oh, I got some time <laughs> after school before something else. I'll just beat Mario real quick. <laughs> kind of a thing it was one of those like 20 minute journeys or you know it didn't take you very long as long as you weren't too picky but and I also remember in Mario 2 I liked Mario 2 a lot I believe that's where you could go to different maps and do different levels and stuff on the map which yeah anyway (laughs) I just remember all the hidden stuff and 
you know, they're fun games. Nintendo is a very fun system. And I think Nintendo gets has maintained that sort of same idea of making the gameplay the central point of what they're doing. Maybe part of their kind of down. Well, not downfall, but, you know, they're they're not as popular as the the high graphics gaming consoles of today that, you know, focus. I don't know. I can't really speak to it because I haven't really played those those on those consoles today, but. Uh, you know, the gameplay has always been at the core of Nintendo, so definitely enjoyed the NES. And so, yeah, that's my experience with it. But anyway, let's move on to the next <laughs> the next console slash handheld. This one's actually a handheld that I believe came next after while or after I had the Nintendo. I believe it was during the same time and the later years of having the Nintendo. So I I remember being very lucky for Christmas one year to get a Sega Game Gear. And so this was a handheld device. If you think of kind of what a PSP looks like, it's, you know, in the same vein as that, except one of the biggest <laughs> and strangest things about, well, it's not really that strange for the for the time. I don't know what year it came out. I don't remember what year this was, but it took six AA batteries. And so that was, and I would say you get a, you know, a couple hours of gameplay out of six AA batteries. So kind of a crazy a crazy uh, amount of batteries to be using. So I remember having that thing plugged in most of the time, uh, not really using it as a mobile gaming device, even though it was a handheld, you know, supposed to be mobile gaming device, you'd be burning through batteries like crazy. So yeah, I had it plugged in for most of the time. And uh, if you go to the show notes, I'm going to put a link to there was a and I didn't have this, but I really wanted it. It was a TV tuner add-on that you could you could plug in because the the Game Gear, of course, took little tiny cart game cartridges. But in that game cartridge slot, you could also slot in this add-on that added on a TV antenna, so you could basically watch TV on your Game Gear. And I never had it, but I remember seeing it in the store once and being like, oh my God, <laughs> I always wanted a little TV. And I actually eventually, I think not long after that, my dad, I believe, bought me a tiny little TV, which I loved. I loved that idea. I love, you know, that I would say that, that the Game Gear and that little TV and stuff like that was kind of really part of that desire to go more mobile, you know, with this stuff and and to have that technology in your pocket that you could take with you, you know, and what's what's cooler than watching TV outside of the house anywhere, you know, that you could put up the antenna for and, and see what channels you can get. I, I don't think any of that would work now. Obviously, the you know, everything's digital over the air now. So I don't know. <laughs> I highly doubt. And I don't know if this is true or not that anybody would make a digital converter for the Game Gear TV tuner. But either way, check out the show notes so you can kind of see what that looked like. The Game Gear was a bit chunky itself. And then this this TV tuner add on was uh, even more so chunky. <laughs> so not the most compact designs, but, you know, very fun and cool to have that option on a Game Gear. But either way, the Sega kind of has a a legacy of, of adding on things like that. I'll get to more of that in a little bit. But either way, I remember Sonic the Hedgehog being one of the big games that I used to play on that. And I, I remember being not really that great at it. It's super easy to get the coins and avoid the things and fly around. Not fly around. That's not the right way to roll around really fast. <laughs> all of the you know, all of the the levels and stuff like that. But I was always terrible at the bosses and and stuff like that. You know, I, I just couldn't quite wasn't very good. <laughs> How many times I'm going to mention that in this episode? I don't know. But either way, Sonic the Hedgehog and Sega are kind of, you know, it's Sonic to Sega is really what Mario is to Nintendo. It's that's as far as I can tell or believe. So so I do remember playing a lot of NBA Jam on the Sega Game Gear. So this was like a two-on-two basketball game where I always liked playing as the Chicago Bulls <laughs> because I, you know, growing up around Chicago and in the 90s, my my god, the Bulls were, you know, the dominant team of the of 
of that decade, of course, and were blowing up in the world, you know, Michael Jordan and all that stuff. I remember being disappointed Michael Jordan wasn't one of the options in the game. <laughs> and this might be one of my early, like, sort of realizations that the money involved in licensing, you know, the players, that was probably my earliest recollection of that. But it actually kind of got me thinking about Michael Jordan being in other bas in other video games. And so I did a little research as I was kind of making my list here. And I was I was wondering because I never really saw Michael Jordan in any video games except for like one like NBA Live or something like that, where you could play him at, in like an extra bonus game kind of thing. And I, I didn't realize that he was actually in a lot of games, especially in the early 90s where I'm guessing, you know, the licensing wasn't as crazy as it got later. But either way, uh, I found this cool YouTube video that you can go and check out and watch it. Of course, it's in the show notes and you can see all of the video games that Michael Jordan has been in. And of course, they're all basketball games. <laughs> uh, a lot of the early ones are Michael Jordan versus Larry Bird. And so there's a lot of versions of that for different platforms that that Michael Jordan was involved in and and so that's like a it's a little bit of a longer video 13 well 13 minutes and it, you know it kind of goes over and shows a little bit of gameplay from each of the games that he's ever been in so it was kind of a a lesson for me since I didn't really know that too much like I said I wasn't a gamer so I couldn't can constant I wasn't constantly like following games and stuff like you know to find out where everything was but Anyway, I thought it was in that video, there's a couple of games that I thought were pretty hilarious that featured Michael Jordan. Uh, there was this, a Space Jam game, of course. Yeah, Michael Jordan was in that movie Space Jam. And so there was naturally a basketball game where you could play as Michael Jordan and the Looney Tunes and <laughs> against the Monstars. But just thought that that was kind of a, you know, ridiculous thing, but not as ridiculous as the game. And I wrote it down here. It's the... Michael Jordan, Chaos in the Windy City. And so this is, looks like a like a game. It's not... <laughs> maybe there's basketball involved in it. I haven't played it, but from the little bit of gameplay that I watched in this video, it was looked pretty funny. Uh, Michael Jordan kind of going, walking around the streets of Chicago, the dark, mean streets of Chicago, and, and throwing basketballs at bad guys and, and different things, you know, like in kind of a scroller game. Uh, it looked pretty... <laughs> pretty interesting and funny that 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 was a thing but yeah video games can could definitely be that way where they're they try crazy things trying to hit some sort of demographic and sell something you know but either way check out that video it's pretty interesting if you're interested in that kind of thing you know it might not be for everybody but anyway i remember playing nba jam and knowing seeing that there was no michael jordan was kind of disappointing but i still love playing nba jam probably one of my favorite basketball games because it was a little bit you know crazy and excessive so you could you know jump really high and dunk and and do all these crazy things in this two-on-two -two game so I played that a lot on the game gear but I remember the only other game well I, I think I played a Madden game on there I can't remember which year it was I had trouble remembering what it was so I did play the Madden NFL football game and I yeah I don't remember too much else about that that's you know it doesn't ring too many bells but either way the last game that I want to talk about on the Game Gear that I had that I played and this kind of goes hand in hand with the difficulty thing that I've been talking about where I don't really stick with it if it's too difficult and it might be a title that you wouldn't expect to be a difficult game but it was a Simpsons game <laughs> uh, of course I love the Simpsons back then still do and it was Bart versus the Space Mutants and so it was a, another like side scroller game where you scroll through the level and you have to spray paint things and, and I can't remember too much about it about what was in it but I just remember there were certain things that you had to jump over or shoot or do something and I just couldn't get there like I couldn't you know jump the thing with the skateboard because I believe he's on a skateboard and so I had trouble doing I couldn't do it I, I swear I have not seen past the first about what would be in real life, you know, 50 feet of the game. <laughs> so essentially, I I, I believe I had the game. And so I remember that I couldn't get past the first level. Never. I never did. 
So that was kind of funny and unfortunate, but uh, I really wanted it to work, especially because it was a Simpsons game. I wanted to see more of the, the Simpsons world, the Springfield world that they created in this game. So, but yeah, that was all my Game Gear experience. I remember playing that late at night, you know, kind of under the covers playing the Simpsons game and uh, other games, <laughs> trying to play the Simpsons game and then switching over to NBA Jam. But either way, uh, Sega Game Gear, definitely a cool uh, little device. I remember enjoying that one as well. There's not a lot of these systems that I didn't enjoy, but the Game Gear definitely, I'll, I'll, I'll always, the first thing I always say when I bring up my Game Gear is the, the, the fact that it took six AA batteries. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm taking away. That's what I'll take away forever from the Game Gear. But anyway, let's move on to the next console. So that was a handheld console. Might as well move on to a Sega actual console, which was the Sega Genesis. And here's the thing about my list here is that I didn't necessarily have all of these consoles at my house. You know, we didn't necessarily own all of these things. So the Sega Genesis, my first recollection of that is actually at a friend's house. And that counts because you get to play a lot, you know, when you have a... a you spend the night at a friend's house, you're up all night playing Sega Genesis. <laughs> so, and I believe my dad actually had a Sega Genesis at one point. He used to play I, some sort of, you know, like jewels game, you know, where you match up, connect four, whatever you want to call it, you know, kind of the Tetrisy type jewels game. So I believe he had that too. I remember having that. And he also had a golf game, I believe, that I remember playing a little bit. And so, yeah, so I had some experience with the Sega Genesis, so I definitely had to throw it on my list here uh, as uh, my, you know, it's my experience with, with video games. So I remember at my friend's house, he had the Sonic games, I believe, and also had like the thing. Of, and I was talking a little bit, alluding to it a little bit with the Game Gear and the TV add on. The Sega Genesis had a million add ons, so you could you could add on a ton of stuff. You could literally add on like a CD drive. And I remember there was a 32X add-on that you plugged into the con into the cartridge slot. And it was to play 32-bit games. So essentially, you could upgrade your game experience. Not every game, I believe, supported the 32-bit version. Or, you know, not every game had a 32-bit version. But I remember that you could literally upgrade the console. <laughs> so kind of an interesting idea. I like that. It's, you know, if you think of the Moto mods these days on the Motorola phone, on the Moto Z line, you or Z, whatever you want to call it, you can, that's kind of how I see, saw the Sega Genesis was like, wow, this is crazy. I believe my friend actually had like a cheater add on where it would like, let you play different crazy things on the Sonic game. And like if you added it into the to the cartridge slot and then added the game in, you could play. There was like secret things that were unlocked in the game. So it was kind of an, a big time interesting thing. And I remember thinking that was I still thought it was clunky even back then. But it was still like, wow, this, that's awesome. <laughs> you know, clunky, but awesome. So that's kind of the the early Sega. That's kind of how I see all the Sega stuff is clunky but awesome cool that they're trying out these these interesting things so yeah again i never actually had one of these so i did one of these uh sega genesis so i but i did get to play quite a bit i remember playing quite a bit i was I still not very good at it but i'll always you know also forever have the the sega splash screen in my head so sega <laughs> that kind of thing. Anyway, so yeah, that was Sega Genesis. So the next one also falls into the category. I never actually had it, but the Super Nintendo, which was the follow up to the original Nintendo NES. So the SNES, Super Nintendo Entertainment System. And again, this was one that I remember there was a I had a friend. He lived a couple doors down from me, so almost a neighbor. And so used to go over to his house a lot after school and play the Super Nintendo. And so one of the big games on there, which I wanted to play and we played a lot, was NBA Jam. <laughs> so two on two basketball, you know, it's, uh, better graphics than the Game Gear. And so that was a lot of fun. But I also remember that this was my introduction to and I think actually my only experience playing Mortal Kombat on a, a game console or, or at all. And so we played a lot of Mortal Kombat 
And so I definitely took away a lot of the catchphrases and and stuff from the game, you know, that I, I feel like I still use them to this day. And so just in case you don't know what Mortal Kombat is, it's essentially just a kind of a two person fighter game where you, you know, you have a health bar and you fight until the other person's health bar is out. Whoever whoever runs out first loses. So anyway, I used to I think I still say get over here and and, and that's kind of what I don't remember I couldn't tell you any of the characters names uh, I do remember not really wanting to see the Mortal Kombat movie either anyway that's the side note but I also remember saying or I still say British him you know that kind of thing <laughs> so I definitely enjoyed that uh, playing Mortal Kombat and it's, it was a very very popular game and for good reason and also the other game on the Super Nintendo, this my introduction to it, was the was uh, Mario Kart. So, yeah, Mario Kart is just a really fun racing game with all the Mario characters and the Mario world and the Mario props and, and stuff like that. And I think that was my first time where there was more than two people. I, there was more than two people playing at the same time. So I, I think there was you were able to do four on the Super Nintendo. I could be wrong. I mean, it was super, so maybe. <laughs> anyway, Mario Kart's definitely a super fun game, and I remember, have fond memories of playing that. Again, I wasn't very good at it. You know, I wasn't great at it. It wasn't the worst game ever. You know, I did win a few races. For the most part, it was just fun to watch. It was just fun to even watch, even if I wasn't playing at the time. You know, so it's a, a cool game. But either way, that was my... Again, that was at my friend's house, and he had the Super Nintendo. So that's my experience with Super Nintendo. But the next big console that we had, and so essentially uh, we had the Nintendo, I got the Game Gear, and then the next big one was the PlayStation 1. So the original PlayStation when it came out. I remember the PlayStation and the Nintendo 64 came out or you know around the same time and were kind of like the options to pick you know <laughs> as far as they were you know kind of seen as at the same level for gaming but we ended up getting the PlayStation there was a lot of sports games <laughs> that I played on PlayStation uh, and I'll get to those in a little bit here but I also remember the PlayStation was the first time that I dealt with a memory card so that you could save your games and because it was a spinning disc thing that was a new thing too it was on a cartridge it was an actual disc which was black which i thought was really interesting <laughs> i don't know why i thought that was interesting just kind of different because all these cds up until that point are the silvery rainbowy cds so a black game you know a black disc was i thought it was pretty cool but either way <laughs> so yeah i played a lot of sports games i remember the memory card uh it was a much more stable system than my nintendo and the Game Gear, and I believe that uh, my dad actually still has a PlayStation 1, so he upgraded from the Sega Genesis to the PlayStation 1, and I believe he plays a Jewel game on there still. <laughs> so, yeah, he's definitely not out of touch, still got his PlayStation, but either way, I remember the one of the biggest games that I used to play on there, and again, I'm sorry if you're not into sports games or into video games at all, I don't know how you've made it this far into the podcast, but either way, I'm going to go over a few sports games here. But I remember Madden 98 was the uh, a big game that I played on there, a football, American football game. And I learned, the, essentially with this game, is what I learned is the value, because I didn't realize that the Nintendo games, why they were so fun to play because of the gameplay. Like I wasn't thinking at the time, like, wow, this is a really great gameplay. You know, that's why it's so fun. But Here's the thing is I believe I got the PlayStation in 1998 and I believe that in 1999 Madden Madden NFL 99 came out and the graphics were jumped up big time between Madden 98 and Madden 99. And so essentially I kind of discovered the I believe I played both of them and I, I kind of discovered that I liked playing Madden 98 a lot more and it was because the graphics even though they weren't as good the gameplay on it was a lot more smooth and a lot more responsive and it just felt like the more the improved graphics of the of Madden 99 didn't really 
it, it kind of took away from the gameplay because it was like the the system, the console had to struggle to to output these, gra- you know, the graphics of the football players and stuff like that. But I just remember that's kind of where I started to learn this idea of sometimes less is more because the gameplay was so much better on 98. And I think I played it even though I had, you know, access to the other football games. But either way, that was a big one that I played was Madden 98. Uh, I played NBA Live on the on the PlayStation, which was a basketball game. And I won't talk too much about it. Michael Jordan wasn't in it. (laughs) But either way, uh, I remember one summer uh, I had a friend and we were, you know, we had a went to sleep over at his house. And I remember we played an entire season of NBA Live. (laughs) And here's the thing is you could turn off like some of the rules. And so we turned off out of bounds. We turned off fouls so essentially you couldn't you know you couldn't foul the other team they couldn't foul you but it didn't really matter because they weren't trying to foul so essentially you could turn off the fouls and essentially kind of (laughs) hit the other players sort of you know like steal the ball from them every single time never run out of bounds and always score so we played an 82 game season of games that were like a hundred to (laughs) zero and this is just kind of the thing you know that that I did when I was younger because I thought it was an interesting experiment, you know, to try my, how, see what sort of pounding I could give for 82 games. I believe I played most of them. My friend played some of them, but uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, either way, I believe I played a couple other other uh, basketball games on the PlayStation, but I remember NBA Live being the, the biggest one. And so uh, in the same vein of the sports games on PlayStation, I remember another one that I played was NHL Faceoff 98. And so this was uh, a hockey game that I played with all of the NHL teams here in the US. And they made it, it was a really fun game as well. It was a, a very challenging game and but not too challenging you know i felt like i was evenly matched with the ai on that game whereas some of the other games usually i put the ai on easy but this one i felt like was pretty pretty straightforward and so yeah i definitely played enjoyed playing the nhl faceoff game and the next thing that's kind of sports related is the tony hawk it was a skateboarding game i remember playing and I don't remember too much about it. I just remembered that I played it, so I put it on the list. But either way, another skateboarding one, which was almost like a racing, like a, you know, like a need for speed type, you know, style racing game. But with you're on a skateboard and doing tricks and stuff was too extreme. It was called too extreme. It was kind of a popular cheapy game. But I remember playing that quite a bit. And again, it actually wasn't too bad at that one. So... Yeah, there's that. Luckily, unfortunately, nobody else played it, so I didn't. It wasn't didn't really make a difference. But I remember there's a lot of other games I played on PlayStation, and like I said, this list isn't comprehensive, or it's not complete. It is comp, you know, as comprehensive as I can get. But it kind of brings me to the last game that I really remember playing on the PlayStation, which was a ton of fun, and I would actually end up revisiting it later, uh, and I'll get to that in a little bit on the list here, but. It was Spyro the Dragon, and so I don't know if you've ever played this, but it's kind of sort of like an, a casual adventure game, and you essentially are Spyro, this pur- little purple dragon. <laughs> a lot of fun. The The world, I remember loving the world that Spyro was in, and so essentially you're running around trying to collect jewels and and different things and trying to release these these your dragon elders who are captured in stone. And you have to go to all these different lands and and fly around and find different things. And and I believe Keys was involved. But either way, it was just a lot of fun. I remember playing it for such a long time because it was just I didn't you didn't have to be an amazing. (laughs) You didn't have to be amazing at video games to enjoy it. You know, it was like you, you didn't go back to the beginning, you know, if if you died you know and and it wasn't super easy to die you know so you had a lot of opportunity to walk around and explore and and stuff like that but i do remember the biggest thing about spyro and playing it for a long time is that 
it gave me headaches, <laughs> like the camera angles and the way that it followed you and stuff like that. It's like you had to take a break every once in a while because just the visuals of it were kind of, you know, it's it's, it's like a, a shaky cam in a movie. You know, it's like your brain is trying to keep up with all the movements or it's trying to compensate and, and the camera angle and, and the way that it worked like that was it gave me headaches. And so. That's I the two things I remember is that the game was fun and it gave me headaches, but still was very cool and very I enjoyed playing it quite a bit. So yeah, Spyro the Dragon, well, probably one of my favorite games on PlayStation. But anyway, that was that's what I can remember from my PlayStation days, and I remember really enjoying playing it. So I think I've said that every single time about every console so far. But either way. At the same time, like I was mentioning, the Nintendo 64 was out at the same time as the PlayStation 1. And this isn't a console we have, but my friend did have it. <laughs> so naturally, I was able to play uh, play some of it at his house. And so I remember there was some sort of NFL game, a lot of football games. <laughs> uh, there's some of the more popular games on the consoles, you know, as far as sports go. But I remember playing that, but... The biggest thing I remember playing, and I'm glad I did because a lot of people enjoyed playing this, was GoldenEye. So it was the 007 GoldenEye game on Nintendo 64, and such a great game. The graphics were, you know, pretty good. It was like a first-person shooter game, but you could have multiple people playing, and and it was just a lot of fun. And you know, running around the levels and then shooting people and stuff like that you know, in that sort of James Bond world was really kind of fun. So I remember that I wasn't necessarily great at that one either, you know, but I remember the 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 screen being split into four and, you know, having to watch your corner of the screen and that's kind of stuff and while everybody's playing and just a lot of a lot of good fun in that game. It was a really well done game for its time you know it's just there's a reason that it's kind of it's kind of a classic game for the nintendo 64 that if i ever had a nintendo 64 again i would definitely make sure to get golden eye so i could play that but again it's a nintendo system and the gameplay just phenomenal on it you know just just way more fun than even the playstation so Either way, that will bring me to and, and those were kind of the consoles when I was younger, you know, going in if, from grade school into, you know, middle school and and then a little bit into high school. And then I remember in high school, I kind of dropped off a little bit on game playing. But I do remember that I got my I got a Game Boy Color. And so I never had an original Game Boy. I did it. Like I said, I had the game, the game gear, <laughs> but either way, I, I decided to get a, a, a Game Boy Color. It was a green one. So they kind of had a, you know, the, the cool colored plastic encasings on them. So I got the green one. And this was way after the fact of the Game Boy Color. It wasn't like when the Game Boy Color came out or anything like that. This was just kind of I just kind of wanted to have a little handheld game system. And essentially it turned into my Tetris machine. <laughs> so I had Game Boy Color and the only game I had for it was Tetris. And so and it wasn't even the Game Boy Color Tetris. It was just the original Game Boy Tetris cartridge. But on the Game Boy Color, it actually adds a little bit of color to the te- to the old Game Boy games that are, you know, the monotone or the mono- monochromatic games. And so it, you know, it wasn't like drastic or anything. It was kind of like a red and and then a, a gray, you know, red and black and that kind of thing. You know, not even a, a bright red or anything like that. But yeah, I remember playing Tetris on that quite a bit. And I'll admit that even in high school, I during a class, I was playing it behind my book. But <laughs> anyway, and I remember passing it around the class at one point and everybody was playing it behind their book trying to you know see who could get the high high score in tetris but yeah i i I enjoyed having that game boy color it was just a fun thing again nintendo come on nintendo's the best for gameplay come at me if you think differently (laughs) either way that was my short experience with the game boy color i don't know what happened to that thing but it was uh it was fun to have and and i'm glad that i got millions of games of tetris in but Staying in the same vein as that Game Boy Color and the 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 third handheld game thing that I had thing <laughs> handheld console 
that I had is the, and I still have it, is the original PSP, so the PlayStation Portable. And this is another one that I bought way after the fact. I'm not sure how many years, not that many years ago, off a guide that I worked with, or work, yeah, was working with. And so I bought it off of him at work for like $60, and I still have it, and I use it. It's actually on my bedside. I think I take it out every once in a while and play some games on it. And the one of the main reasons I bought it from him was that it was modded. So the P, this PSP was modded to play a bunch of games that like downloaded games that you could put on your memory card and load in, you know, via some sort of custom ROM type thing on the PSP to, to play downloaded games. And so when, when I, he gave me the, the PSP or I bought the PSP from him, he also, I was able to copy over like thousands of games. <laughs> well, I don't know if it was thousands, but it was hundreds of games over you know to my hard drive and put a certain amount of them on the memory card to put on the PSP to play uh, somehow along the way I kind of lost those files uh, I'm not sure why or how but luckily I kind of have some that remain on my my memory card and I actually think I had to remod everything at one point because of I'm not sure what happened, but either way, I remodded the, this PSP so I could play the games that I had downloaded. But you can actually, I believe, f pretty easily find games to download for this, for a modded PSP. So essentially, this was, a, like I said, it's a PlayStation device, so I was able to revisit some of, some of the uh, games that I used to play, or I played, you know, when I was younger. And so there was actually... A bunch of game emulators on there so for Nintendo Super Nintendo that kind of thing you could go in and and play play some of the original you know if you were had them downloaded you could play them so I remember replaying the Kung Fu game that I played on my Nintendo and you know I don't remember what else I believe the Mario games were on there as well so I was able to sort of revisit those which was cool and also you could revisit I revisited Spyro on there I remember it had been years after I bought this PSP it had already been years since I had played Spyro on the original PlayStation so I played it on the PSP yeah it was a uh, one of the game files that I had downloaded so I was playing it on there and still got headaches <laughs> playing it it was still a lot of fun to revisit it you know I had forgotten a lot of it and so it was uh, there was actually the the other games that had come out for Spyro. So there was like, you know, Spyro sequel games that I was able to play on there weren't as fun as the original, but still enjoyable overall. It was kind of cool. That's part of the reason why I bought the PSP off him. And for 60 bucks, can't go wrong, you know, having a little handheld game console. And so, I, like I said, I still have it, still use it. And one of the main things that I still use on it is, <laughs> again, I go back to a sports game, but Madden NFL 12. And so this is from 2012, the game is anyway. And I don't really play like the season on there. They on this in Madden NFL 12 on the PSP, there's a game mode called like the Superstar Challenge or something like that. And so essentially it puts you into scenarios of certain football games and you have to you have to be the hero or the spoiler in that game. Yet you you have the choice, you have to do both. You have to be the hero of the game, and then you have to play play the game again, and you have to be the spoiler. And so essentially, I've gotten to this certain level, this certain game. It's between the Seattle Seahawks and the Kansas City Chiefs. And so I played the hero part in that game and, and passed it, you know, and then I've now I'm trying to play the spoiler in that game, which is very... The scenario is actually quite... <laughs> I found it to be really hard to get through. When I say that, I mean that probably for the past three years, I've been trying to get past this spoiler level where because essentially what, what happens is Kansas City has the football. You have to keep them from scoring a touchdown and only scoring a field goal. And then you're down by 14 points. So essentially two touchdowns to point after touchdown. And so you have like three and a half minutes to score two touch to score a touchdown, get another stop and then score another touchdown. And then that only ties up the game. And then you have to 
basically go into overtime and try and win it via field goal. And so it's a, I just, it's, it's tough. (laughs) It's a really tough scenario. And so I played it probably 500 times, you know, and so I've kind of gotten the hang of when I need to restart the scenario. And, you know, if like, if they score a touchdown on the first stand of the game, you just restart and start over and make sure you stop them. And, and that kind of thing. So, and I've kind of decided that I will, you know, I'll go for a two point conversion to just try to win the whole thing. So I don't have to go into overtime kind of a thing. So I, I've come really close so many times where I've gotten the game tied up and just can't finish the game. I mean, I can't win. So yeah, I'm still, I've actually restarted trying to beat that scenario in the past couple of weeks. And so I'm going to continue my, my path with that. But anyway, I'm sure that was super boring to a lot of people. So I'm going to move on to the other games that I play on my PSP. One of the big ones, actually, too, is the Lego Harry Potter years one through four game. So that has been that that's a lot of fun, a really cool game. I'm a big fan of the Harry Potter universe, I guess you would say. I've read all the books. I read all the books before I saw any of the movies and. So playing the Lego, the Lego version is actually really fun. It's actually adds a lot of kind of character to the whole thing, kind of brings a different element into it. The Lego games seem to to do that. They almost they ca- they really capture a lot of the spirit of the story that they're they're kind of covering or whatever they're they've created. So definitely enjoyed playing the Lego Harry Potter game on the PSP. And yeah, probably one of the the second biggest game that I've played on there. I've also played a lot of Virtua Tennis. So that's a tennis game. And I think I play as Roddick every time because <laughs> he's got the fastest serve. And so it's kind of fun to just visit that one every once in a while. I don't play any of the season stuff, usually just an exhibition against Federer. So because <laughs> it's the hardest one to beat. Uh, I believe I have beat him once. So not the most terrible at that game. And I also played a little bit of Diner Dash on on the PSP. So that's a lot of fun. It's kind of a, you know, time management type thing and uh, multitasking, big time multitasking, which I'm not that great at. So but yeah, so I played that on there. There's another game called Luxor Pharaoh's Challenge. Essentially, this is kind of like a, a color matching type game where there's balls rolling and you have to shoot at them to connect them and eliminate strings of them and stuff like that but i like playing that that one's just a nice casual game to play again all of these links to these games or things about these games in the show notes if you want to kind of see more of what i'm talking about it might be a good idea to follow along if i didn't say that earlier i'm sorry but anyway so the one of the last games i kind of remember playing on the psp is rock band i played a little bit uh, rock band is kind of like a a musical sort of like Simon Says game <laughs> where it's a difficult game, especially on the PSP. But uh, I remember having a little bit of fun with that. And that and actually my one of some of my limited experience with an Xbox, uh, not the current ones, I think the original Xbox is playing rock band at my brother's house. So uh, with his with my nephews. So that's yeah, rock band is it's a fun game. And it's fun to play with with people and you know, with good music and, and stuff like that. But so, yeah, my P, like I said, I still have that PSP. I'm still going to play it uh, probably for years to come. It'll probably I don't know if I'll get another sort of handheld game thing anytime soon. So that one I'll probably just hang on to for a while because it's still fun to play. So, OK, so let's go in and wrap up my console, the last console game gaming console that I've have experience not experience I actually have it still have it this one too so I have the PSP and I also have a Nintendo Wii so this uh, I got the Wii from my dad he wanted he was working at a job uh, before he retired and he won it at one of the I believe a company party type thing and he graciously gave it to me so thanks dad for that appreciate it <laughs> uh, but on that so the Wii obviously is a much more physical <laughs> you might get way more physical with the the Wii because it uses the motion controllers so I have a few games for it one of them that I played a little bit not not as fun as on the PSP but Lego Harry Potter again for the Wii 
it's a good you know you can do some of the actual wand motions with the the magic wands so haven't taken a too big of a dive into that but they also have it came with the wii sports resort so you can play all sorts of different sports games uh you know bowling and and there's like a a basketball three-point competition game. There's a lot of sports games in that. Uh, there's a golf one in there. I actually also bought Top Spin 3, which is a tennis game, and I don't believe I've actually put that one in yet. <laughs> and, of course, I had to get Spyro Dawn of the Dragon for the Wii, which I did not play for very long because the biggest thing that I do on the Wii is I... I rarely spend that much money on video games, but I decided to splurge and buy the Tiger Woods PGA Tour 12, the Masters game. And so essentially you can play in the Masters golf tournament <laughs> as well as like most of the other tournaments throughout the year. So that's one that I actually play like as a player in a se- you know season after season kind of a thing in a career. So, yeah, it's a uh, super fun, very uh, good gameplay. Again, we're t- <laughs> we're back on Nintendo, Nintendo Wii. So the Wii is a lot of fun to play. All of the games on there have been very fun to play. The But I really love the Masters game just because it, it's not that it's ne- like photorealistic in any way necessarily, but it's definitely got a good feel to it as far as the the physics of the the golf game so it's it's i've spent many 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 hours playing it and it's it's by far the, uh very fun and, and it, it kind of lines up with watching you know i like to watch golf on tv and so a lot of it feels like that and it's you know cool to to kind of play these these courses you know and like i said not photorealistic courses at all but you get a really good feel for like say the Augusta golf course which is where the Masters is played and so when I I I know playing the game and then watching the Masters on TV it it is it enhances it it had enhances watching the Masters on TV because of how accurate the golf course is in the video game as far as the layout and the setup and and stuff like that and yeah so I use the Wii mostly for that Masters game, to be completely honest. I don't like the fact that I have to replace the batteries in the Wii remote so often, and you can't just leave them in the controller because they I've come back so many times and they've just been dead. So I do take them out of the controller when I'm done and also use rechargeable AA batteries for it. So I don't have to, not constantly cycling through batteries for it, but yeah, the Nintendo Wii is a really great system for gameplay. You know, it's a lot of fun. It adds an extra element, obviously, with all the the motion and the physical parts of it. And um, I'll probably hang on to that one for a long time because I really love that <laughs> golf game, especially. So, all right. So that's the gaming console portion of my gaming history. I thought it would be a good way to, to break it up because there was a lot involved in the, the console slash handheld portion of my gaming history. So if you've played any of these games, let me know. If you have any games that you used to play on these consoles, let me know. If you want to let me know what consoles you've had and what games you used to play kind of a thing. If you're, obviously, I'm maybe in the younger demographic for the people that listen to this, but there, you know, if you go even before the Nintendo Entertainment System, if you have, you know, experience with the Atari or any other gaming system for that, I'd love to hear about it. So just uh, reach out at steve at pixelswim.com or any of the, the links on my website at pixelswim.com. So yeah, that's part one. <laughs> so like I said, there's going to be, it looks like I not as much on the rest of the parts, but the PC gaming is part two of this. And then I have my mobile phone gaming and then, like I was saying earlier, which I just added, is my arcade gaming experience. So probably not in that order. I probably do arcade gaming next. Uh, that's not a very extensive section, but there is some things there. And really, overall, I think being into and loving to play video games is part of my love of technology and just you know the using technology 
as a hobby, you know, as a, a way to escape, you know, that kind of thing and use it in my downtime and stuff like that. So definitely all these this video game stuff has kind of plays into that, you know, and I'm into mobile phones, I think, probably because of all of this uh, technology when I was younger. So anyway, let's uh, let's wrap things up for this week. I'm sure many of you are <laughs> asleep at this point after listening to me go on about all my video game history, but I'm trying to be as succinct as I can about each of these things and stay on task. So hopefully I did a, a better job this week of that. I did spend a lot more time coming up with the material for this one. So and uh, going over it, making sure that I you know, know what I'm going to talk about before I dive in. So hopefully it was enjoyable. But either way, if you want to reach out and leave feedback or follow along with the show notes or reach out on social media, you can go to pixelswim.com for find all those show notes and links and stuff like that. But yeah, as always, I appreciate you tuning in. I hope you will tune in for the second part of my video game history, which will be next week, uh, next Thursday, as usual, where I'll finish up and talk about everything else. And hope you have a great week and also have a great night or afternoon or meeting. If you're in a meeting listening to this, which that would be kind of interesting. <laughs> Let me know if you've done that. Our car trip if you're listening in the car or dusk or dawn or whatever whatever time it is when you're listening to this so thanks again and god speed